Here's another hot podcast recorded live from San Francisco at Jobvites Recruiter Nation Live. We had a chance to catch up with leaders in the recruiting space, so we turned on the mics and got a lift. Enjoy. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Welcome, longtime listener, first-time interview, Mason Wong to the show. Mason Wong, everyone. Live from Recruiter Nation Live by Jobite. Yes. (laughs) Well, our live audience is very subdued at the moment. (laughs) Otherwise, they would give you a standing ovation. Uh, Mason, welcome to the podcast. Give us the elevator pitch on you for those who don't know who you are. Well, th- thanks, Joel and Chad. It's actually a bit surreal to be here, so thanks a lot. You bet, man. Uh, the elevator pitch. So uh, today, I am the recruiting system administrator at Lyft. I'm responsible for the applicant tracking system supporting a recruiting team Little of 300. sharing company out yeah. there that many of our listeners know. Um, I, uh, my background is actually in recruiting. I, I started as a tech recruiter. I was did some college recruiting. Uh, I was the head of recruiting for a number of software companies in the Bay Area. And about seven years ago, I started an independent consulting practice uh, focused on helping uh, Jobvite customers because uh, I had been an already a repeat customer of Jobvite. So I was doing a lot of reconfiguring, re- reconfiguration, custom training, implementations. So I got really very, very involved, hands-on as a practitioner of applicant tracking systems. Now, was Lyft a Jobvite client before you joined, or did you translate transfer them over to... Yeah, it's an interesting story. Uh, uh, many years ago, uh, like a lot of tech companies, Lyft was a Jobvite customer. Then they switched to Lever, and then they switched to Greenhouse. That's a lot of switching. It's a lot of switching. That's uh, a lot of and, switching. Then, uh, and then they hired me. Hello. And the, the, the interesting thing is that... Um, they uh, they gave me a shot at taking care of the applicant tracking system without me ever having touched Greenhouse before. Was this something you volunteered to do, or <laughs> did you? Because uh, I can't imagine somebody wanting to do. Uh, so, I mean, as I mentioned, my uh, consulting practice was already focused on applicant tracking systems, so yeah. I kind of have an interest in it. And uh, it happened to be a very job bite flavored. Um, but they, a recruiter gave me a call, and I was just coming off of a consulting project didn't have any leads at the moment, and they said, would you like to take care of Lyft systems? And I said, let me, let's talk. And uh, when it turned out to be a great learning opportunity from a stance of, of course, learning Greenhouse and also becoming part of a larger recruiting organization uh, and just a fast-growing, popular tech brand, uh, it seemed like a, a, a good deal. So I, I joined, been there six months. I'm assuming you weren't in an Uber when they called you for the job. <laughs> no. <laughs> Naughty, jump the hell out. <laughs> no. Excuse me. Pull over real quick. No. <laughs> and I'm out. So you've been doing this for a long time, the recruiting game. I- I'm yeah. curious. Let's start out with your big picture, what you see happening now, what's interesting, uh, what has legs, what's going to disappear in the next you know, four or five years. What's your overall Life macro according viewpoint to Mason. of uh, wow. recruiting technology? Well, I mean, we, we could go back to where my recruiting career started way back in the 90s, and obviously the technology was different. But a lot of the fundamentals are basically the same in terms of the challenge of finding candidates, courting them, getting them to call back and sh- show up for the interview. You still got to 
you know, assess them and all of that. All of those fundamentals are the same. Um, you know, managing recruiters and uh, influencing hiring managers, all of that is still fundamentally the same. Obviously, the technology is different. The, the reach is different. The s social media is different. So uh, we have a bit of a different landscape. The economy, of course, is different. You know, it's a, especially in tech hiring, it's very, very competitive right now. Uh, you know, of course, there's questions with the global economy, but at least today, U.S. tech hiring hotter than ever. I mean, I'm thinking back to the the dot com talent oh, yeah. wars of the late '90s. It's it's crazier than that back then. Um, so, so back yeah, then, the yeah. only way that you could get to somebody faster was to dial faster, right? That absolutely. I mean, we besides the dialing. I yeah. mean, we were still we were doing things like Usenet. Job postings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yeah. the, you know, the early versions of you know online career center and yeah. all, Don't all of that. Don't forget the yeah. Porsche Boxster signing bonuses that yeah. you were oh. giving. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Joe Dawes was your cheesehead days, right? Yeah. When we were talking about yeah. that. I never yeah. got a Boxster. But, yeah. Yeah. You got to talk about it though. Good time. So today, I mean, today is entirely different because. Well, I you mean, mentioned callback. Has yeah. that changed to text back? Well, I, I mean. From what I hear, uh, obviously text recruiting is a, a emerging practice and it clearly has nice high response rates. In terms of the companies that I've either consulted with or worked with, I, I haven't seen it be a widespread widespread practice yet. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say it's worth pursuing. So. So why not though? I mean, yeah. if you're seeing that kind of that high level of interaction and engagement, yeah. Yeah. why wouldn't every company jump on this bandwagon? Is it just a time thing? Yeah. No. It, I mean, take some time. it takes time for practices to change, and um, you know, it, it, it's one of the key challenges of my role is is change management as we uh, adjust processes, adjust systems. Yeah. So to switch to a practice of doing more text recruiting. Uh, I, I'm sure plenty of recruiters that I uh, that are, are around where I work, they are texting their candidates. I'm sure that's already happening. Uh -huh. But in terms of like centralizing it onto a managed platform, that's a change in practice. And I don't know how soon that would happen. Yeah, someday it would. And you recently did a, a survey of recruiters. Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about sure. that or not, but you have some pretty cool insight on what uh, in aggregate recruiters are interested in and more interestingly, maybe what they don't care about. <laughs> So um, I did launch uh, an internal survey of the recruiting team at, at Lyft. And, and how was, big is the team? It's pretty big. About 300 folks. 300 yeah. folks. Yeah. So we're Jesus. recruiting to, to support a, a corporate organization of over 5,000 employees. Um, and that's, that's you know, separate from the 2 million uh, drivers that, that are involved with Lyft. Um, but the survey was to, uh, in, in my role of taking care of the applicant tracking system, I wanted to get a sentiment of uh, how the recruiters are using the system. And, and one of the questions we posed uh, was what other kind of recruiting tools should we, we be researching that have an opportunity for, for you know, integration and just overall, what are your interests? And I guess it's a reflection also of what are the pain points. Uh, and I categorize a bunch of different tools, uh, possibilities. And uh, interestingly, the recruiting team, number one answer was sourcing tools. So, uh, uh, and that could be reflective of it's a challenging market to just source candidates. So they just want help from a tech tool standpoint. Uh, but it, uh, amongst other possible tools that were listed, 
you know, it beat out you know scheduling automation. It beat out uh, uh, Canada Discovery from the database. Uh, and on the the bottom of the list, I know you're alluding to this, was the the interest in chatbots. The basement. Yeah, chatbots. Very little interest they, from they, that. They team. didn't give. They didn't give two shits they, about chatbots. Nope, nope. Now that wouldn't have anything anything to do with the fact that chatbots might put them out of a job. Absolutely. Does it? I mean, it was, yeah, <laughs> just intermediation, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's unlikely it's like, like a truck driver not caring about driverless trucks to, to <laughs> an extent. I mean, obviously there are automated trucks happening now, right? But uh, um, but I mean, recruiters. It, you didn't ask me, but my opinion is recruiters are not at risk of being displaced for a very long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Tasks, the menial tasks, the repetitive tasks, this like the scheduling, some of the sourcing pieces. I mean, all of that that takes a lot of time can be done better by machine or process, RPA or whatever it is, right? But that doesn't take the entire job away. Right? That's correct. That's correct. I mean, there's been definitely opportunities to incrementally introduce automation uh -huh. at certain parts of the process. And that's, I think, that's going to be the story of how automation uh, enters all of our lives. I mean, the, the one big question, you know, Lyft is involved this, with this is the autonomous vehicles. People are asking when, is, when are self-driving cars really going to happen? Yeah. The reality is that certain aspects of driving are already a little bit automated here and there, uh -huh. and that's just going to keep going. Uh, and it's going to be a long time, in my opinion, uh, before there is truly, you know, level five automation in right. self-driving yeah. car, driving yeah. cars. Uh, but with recruiting, there's always going to be these little process opportunities to automate, like as you mentioned, scheduling. Uh, and I, I think, I think chatbots have a place somewhere in the process. Uh, but you know, whether AI is really going to take over like for uh, an entire screening process. That's not going to happen for well, a long time. It's it's interesting that scheduling wasn't like on the top because I would assume that be, I hate scheduling shit. And if something that could automate scheduling for me, I mean, I think that would be like the top of my freaking list. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, there's been a number of companies over the years that have tackled automating scheduling and one of the popular tools is the self scheduling on Calendly, right? But if you remember some years ago, there was a company called Reschedge that they, they were doing some pretty impressive stuff modeling uh, schedule models. If you had multiple interviewers involved, you could get their availability and then a candidate would say their availability and then the system would generate these models. Uh, I know Jobvite uh, created a similar tool while others uh, don't have that. Um, it, it's actually a tougher challenge than uh, it seems because what I just described was kind of the theoretical side of you just match up everyone's availability, you get a model. Yeah. But there's all kinds of complications. And these tools were trying to uh, handle nuances like, oh, this, this interviewer should always be first, or this interviewer needs 45 minutes, not 30 minutes. They were trying to accommodate all of that. But and in the end, room scheduling, room scheduling yeah. there's a lot of different factors. And the, the tools only really went so far. Uh, and even just how do, you, how do you display 10 people's availability on a screen to then pick what model you want? Yeah. Um, so I, they were impressive tools, but I'm um, not surprised that they weren't very widely adopted. So the automation, uh, I, I know it's a very popular topic on this show about how automation will change the future of recruiting. Yeah. I take a perspective that it, it's interesting and innovative, but it will be very slow to be adopted in the industry just because there's a lot of these nuanced challenges. We've had uh, Johnny Campbell on the show, a popular recruiter on the on the circuit, and his, his quote, which we found very interesting, was, 98% of sourcing can be automated. 
Um, what I'm hearing from you is, hold on a second, not so much. Your folks have a high interest level in tools for sourcing. So what are your thoughts on sort of the, the future of, of, uh, of sourcing? Is Johnny wrong? So I know there's been predictions about sourcing being kind of the, the bigger segment to be replaced by automation. I see, uh, I see very uh, expert teams being put together to focus on sourcing. Uh, because there's still a depth of understanding of what qualifications are needed, uh, a, a, a complication of hiring managers having to express what they're really hiring for. Right. You, you, you can't automate what hasn't been clearly articulated. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it has to iterate. It has to... Um, right. There's a whole... The, um, so uh, what I see happening at my employer, uh, Lyft is growing a very talented sourcing in in-house sourcing function uh -huh. with a specialist taking on different aspects of sourcing and I'm, I'm very impressed with what they're doing and while the team has an interest in what tools to be used I think ultimately the the professionals the experts that are being put together will be the, the difference maker and ultimately not not the technology I mean they'll, they'll need technology to, to scale and be empowered but ultimately yeah. it's the experts that are put together I think, I think scale Score one is the for the one. sourcers yeah, yeah. I, think, I think so yeah I think I think scaling is is the big key right because from a competitive standpoint you're just talking about how hard it is in the tech the scope of trying to hiring people hire people in tech well it's all about who gets to the best candidates faster and who can nurture them and so on and so forth humans can't scale that way right Right, and, and we're just talking about the sourcing side. I mean, even on the candidate side, right? Yeah. To what extent does do the candidates provide structured data that's enough to be matched? Right. Yeah. The the yeah. the perennial challenge of you know is it an eHarmony for jobs, a Tinder for jobs? You know, are are the hiring managers articulating enough details? Are the candidates providing enough details to be matched? And and someday there will be a technological force that will do that. But today, if you think back, what was it? I don't know, uh, 10 years ago, the, the former career builder folks built a, a, a product called JobFox. Yeah. And, and they, JobFox, they had an interesting idea of uh, taking candidates through this in, uh, decision tree of indicating their qualifications. Right. It took an hour yes. for a candidate to just provide yes. the information. Yeah. What, what passive candidate are gonna, is going to spend an hour to provide that information? Remember That's where we note that JobFox is no longer around. <laughs> I remember, I remember having a question. very long discussion with Rob McGovern yeah. about how there's no way in hell this is ever going to go anywhere. Because you're right. I mean, to be able to get all of the data that you need to, to be able to, to hopefully match somebody up with a job I, it, there's two sides of this first and foremost the job description sucks ass and then we don't have enough data on the candidates right so we can't actually get we can't get that match happening so i think you're right it, it's it's all about data and being able to expose that data but then we have the whole kind of like linkedin now you might be able to get that data right the high q decision yeah, right Right, right. So there, there will come a day, yeah. not right away, not tomorrow, but uh -huh. some years out, and maybe it's a LinkedIn, or maybe it's a Google, or someone else right. that takes the the huge data set, and then creates kind of these pre models of who your target hire is, right. and you almost you almost don't care as much about what hiring managers want, or you don't care as much about what candidates say they can do, and somehow you just have enough data to match it up because there's so much 
uh, behavioral data to so much results data to, to match up that, that the system is able to predict. Now, how, how we get there, I don't know, but um, it's not today or tomorrow. <laughs> what would be something that uh, Lyft strategically would do to attract drivers that might surprise us? So for, I want to clarify that uh, m my role and the recruiting team that I support, we focus on the corporate uh, positions. So uh, we actually are not at all involved with the drivers. I'll rephrase my yeah. question. Yeah. What does Lyft do in terms of strategically uh, engaging or finding talent at the HQ side of things that might surprise us outside of the job postings and things like that? Um, I'm, I'm proud to say that uh, Lyft has a, a real commitment to inclusion and diversity. And I know that's a kind of a hot topic, almost almost a hype topic. Yeah, super I've hot. Seen, I've seen Toasty. it. Uh, I know the folks who are doing this work, and I've seen uh, what, they're, what they're practicing. Uh, and I'm very impressed by the, the outreach, the campaigns, uh, and as well as the internal work that's going on to uh, improve practices and culture. Uh, and in, it turns into real hiring results. Now, uh, you know, moving the needle on diversity in tech is not an easy task. And I honestly don't know the overall progress. But in terms of the concerted effort, the real commitment by the people who are doing this work, I'm very impressed by that. Now you're speaking Chad's language. Any specifics around that? On how you're doing that? Uh, I, I can share one story because uh, we presented this at another conference. Uh, uh, there was an effort to um, to uh, increase uh, women in engineering in Lyft's New York office. And there was an effort to do uh, a relatively simple email campaign, uh, and there was research done using some LinkedIn tools. Uh -huh. uh, and the email campaign uh, drove attendance to a special event uh, held on site in New York. Nice. And uh, it had excellent attendance. You know, I, I don't know the numbers, but it was well over 100 attendees um, in, the, in a cold February night in New York. Uh, and the, the sourcing team uh, worked on this, and they got some really great hiring results. I, don't, I can't talk exact numbers, but definitely uh, they were able to hit some targets in terms of targeting uh, uh, talented women in engineering. Gotcha. So do you think that Facebook's uh, kind of like taking away their targeting for jobs is a, is a bad decision? Uh, because I know that some companies were using Facebook to be able to target females who might have been engineers or what have you. Sure. you think that's a, that's a that's a bad way to go F from a from a tech tool standpoint. It's yeah. an unfortunate loss. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure there's an entire legal dimension that they face that I obviously I, I don't have awareness of. Uh, but there are other tools available in which. Uh, demographic data is a factor to how do you reach out to candidates right so fortunately uh, and I'm not aware that uh, to what extent Facebook was being used at my current employer anyways uh, but uh, and it, you know f for a long time Facebook is pr trying to muscle them way into recruiting and I guess they've right. had some some success but I'm I'm not uh, uh, yeah I mean Facebook turning off those tools it is a little bit of a loss to the market. Yeah. Um, but there's there's definitely other choices to get that done. What about the other big loss? Google hire. <laughs> hire by Google. What about that loss? I mean, did that surprise you? Because no, it surprised the shit out of it, us. It didn't surprise me. And I know uh, really? we, we, we've, we've 
we've tweeted a slightly different perspectives on this. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I and I know uh, uh, y- you and others have talked about the the um, you know a- antitrust concerns that perhaps Google is trying to steer around. I I, I take the stance that. Uh, Building a mature ATS takes years and extremely difficult, and that it is a relatively limited economic opportunity. Uh-huh. Uh, and that, in the grand scheme of things, Google may have just decided to this is not big enough for us to pursue. Uh, that, that's that's why I, I'm not surprised. Um, they just went into enterprise, though. I mean, they, it's like yeah, they, yeah, they just made they, these they decisions. Had, right? They had just right? announced like uh, uh, approval chains. They yeah. had just announced more uh, uh, data reporting and so the, on. The sapling HR integration, which right. was supposed to be big, right. and all but these then, things. But then you got to ask the question: Why? Why are the Alphabet investment companies not using it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're choosing other applicant tracking systems. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, higher by Google, I. I, I I believe they had a bit of a slow start, but then they they more recently got some yeah. uh, customers that were happy. Um, but it was very much and kind of an entry level product, yeah. very rudimentary. Uh, and the integration, obviously, with Gmail, GCal, obviously fantastic. Uh, I'm sure they had an integration with Search, which I'm sure was fantastic as well. But I mean, an ATS has way more depth and functionality. A mature ATS does, and they were a long ways away. From being a mature ATS, yeah. So maybe that long ways was just a, a distance too far to commit to. I, I I don't know. Obviously, we're just speculating. So you're um, you're believing the economic models didn't didn't match up. I that's my opinion. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously they they Google as a whole has the resources to stand and fight, uh, but they just chose not to. I yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have an opinion about their the antitrust angle, uh, so. It, it could be quite real, yeah. but I, I don't understand. Yeah, also, I don't know. Uh, another a news item recently: uh, HireVue getting some private equity and selling some of uh, you know its its uh, you know share of the company, yeah. which to me is a bad sign for video and recruiting. Do you have any opinion on that? Is Lyft using any tools that that you're that you're bullish on? What's sort of your overall opinion of video with recruiting? Yeah, I heard your earlier comments uh, about HireVue. Uh, so the thing about video interviewing, uh, I think you've described it as kind of video in recruiting overall uh, is has this interest in obviously conveying brand and, and so on has some value. But the specific practice of in- video interviewing, I would take that HireVue was offering not not the chance to do a video interview, but to centralize it and manage it on a platform and, and whatever value that brings. Because recruiters have been using uh, Skype and other you know platforms to do right. uh, individual un- decentralized video interviews for years. I mean, even, I I can even remember back it's 1990. Like the texting conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. It's all centralizing into Correct. a into Correct. a platform. But the practice of actually meeting a candidate remotely by video. I, mean, I remember in '96. Yeah. We were going to the Kinko shop to turn on the video conferencing uh, tools there uh-huh. to interview candidates there, uh, and then once it moved to PCs and and then we had Skype. Uh, 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 and there's obviously competing platforms to do that. Uh, I don't, you know, video interviewing happens and it was going to continue to happen. But the, the value of centralizing and keeping it managed on a platform, I never really got that. I mean, even um, our host here, uh, Jobvite, has a Jobvite video tool that is interesting and has value, but it's not 
the panacea of yeah, video you know, really was not be, mentioned in the keynote today. I, no. it, it's a it's a it's a part of. It, I I don't even know if it's still a, a feature, but a uh, job vibe video was a way to do kind of video pre screens and kind of these pre recorded right. answers to pre recorded questions. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, that's just not been a typical practice. The the handful of companies where I was, you know, when I was consulting with job by customers i would say would you be interested in rolling out job by video most of the recruiters said nah they don't they didn't see the need for it they would still interview candidates by skype but in terms of like a this structured process they didn't see see the value and i think i think so taking a look at it from a recruiter view they don't care about all that but i think from a, a director vp or what have you that it's all about getting the data into a centralized place and also risk mitigation right you don't think about that, especially when you're, it's like, okay, so what questions did you ask? How did you ask them? Well, I did it over here on Skype. Do you have, do you have record of it? No, right? Same thing with texting and those types of things. I think that's, that's the conversation that I, you know, we have to have at a much higher level to say, if we want to do all that ML, if we want to do something that long-term is going to work, we got to have the fucking data. And if we don't have the data, we can't do it. Right, right. Let's, let's 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 combine a few of these past questions. What yeah. if, what if hired by Google had tapped into Google Hangouts Meet and put in their video conferencing tool and tied it into the recruiting system to uh, record the record the interview for compliance purposes? Yeah. Maybe throw in some automatic transcription of of the text. Right. Uh, but that none of that happened because I don't know if there's really a demand. And as I mentioned earlier, recruiters don't really change their process real easy. And that would have been a massive sea change yeah. to have video interviews centralized, recorded, transcribed, all of that. You know, there's not really, it's all fun to think about it, the possibility. I, I don't see. So it's the, the hurting yeah. of the cats is what you're saying. Really? Because well, they're all doing their own thing. It's like you no, got to no, get them to change their routine. Ch- change is difficult. But the other way is that it's, it's not a pain point. Right. Yeah. Right. There, there's not really a true pain point in centralizing video interviews. What I'm hearing is virtual reality is the future. <laughs> you want those <laughs> Oculus glasses? John Byte is giving away like uh, uh, as a prize Oculus glasses. I hope and, they have some security jo- yeah, around oh, dude, that. Yeah. They may just walk away he's, he's, mysteriously. Yeah. That's if you hit up every vendor that's in the expo here, <laughs> then you well, get into the draw. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not hard. <laughs> what do we miss? Anything you want to talk about? I'm. I'm just glad you. Uh, you guys are here. It's good to see you guys. So, anything well, else? It, we're we're just glad you're here, so we can Thanks. actually sit down and have this discussion. Yeah, it's it's good. It, it, Audience it, member being warm, on the show is awesome. It is warm cool. and I mean, fuzzy. You know, you <laughs> you mentioned social media, and you know, to yeah. me that was like a major wave of change in recruiting, but it's also been an amazing way for people like us to know each other yep. virtually mm-hmm. and yep. have moments like this where we can talk and feel like we've known each other for a Stop decade it. or I'm so. I'm tearing up. Yeah, oh, I know. Getting, we're getting the feels up. way too early in the morning. <laughs> goddamn feels. It's but, not even uh, lunch yet. <laughs> well, Mason, anyone who wants to know more about you or connect with you that aren't already connected with you, where would you send them? You can find me on Twitter, Mason Wong, M-A-S-O-N-W-O-N-G, on, tw- on Twitter. Very nice. We out. We out. Hi, I'm Emma. Thanks for listening to my dad, the Chad and his buddy Cheese. This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Be sure to check out our sponsors, 
because their money goes to my college fund. For more, visit chadcheese.com. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.